Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fantastic. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and you're listening to A Feminine Impression Podcast. Today, we're continuing our series, Beauty and Boundaries, and discussing boundaries in the workplace. This is one of the areas where a lot of us struggle the most with setting and maintaining boundaries, learning to say no, and cultivating appropriate relationships. So I want you to go ahead, take a deep breath, because <laughs> I know that when it comes to work, it can be a stressful topic in and of itself, and we have a lot of frustrations, but we're going to talk today just about some ways that you can work through them. Relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. So why are boundaries in the workplace so important? When we go to our job, wherever you work, you want to be productive. You want to be a person who is a great employee, who enjoys her work, and one who knows how to set boundaries and do what serves you and what you are being paid to do. It also helps you to remain professional. When you're in a work environment, no matter what kind of work you do, you're representing a company even if that company is yourself and you want to have a certain standard on the way that you behave and the way that you conduct your business. It's also important to have boundaries for social relationships. There is so much drama that happens at work that we just do not have time for and can truly start to impact our personal lives. We also want to have boundaries with maintaining our time and our energy so that we have what it takes to live the other parts of our lives. So that's why it's so important for you to consider whether or not you have boundaries in the workplace. Think about how stressed you are. If you have a lot of resentment about people at work or resentment about things you're being asked to do and start evaluating whether or not you are maintaining your boundaries. So today we're going to talk about some different categories of having boundaries at work. But if you haven't watched my introduction, please take a look at that because that talks about what boundaries mean, the different kinds of boundaries that we all deal with, our physical boundaries, mental boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, and our time management. These are all different areas of boundaries. But today we're talking specifically about work-related boundaries. And the first one is time time management. When you are at work, you are expected to be there from a certain time to a certain time. If you work a more loose job in a sense where you don't have structured time, you still have a professional day where you decide when you're on the clock. And having boundaries with your time is going to be essential for productivity and for your own mental health. So if you come in the morning and you say, I want to get to work 30 minutes earlier so I can just sort of ease into my day, put on a little bit of relaxing music, some lotion, pray, and just sort of ease in, that's your time. So if you get there and someone wants to have a conversation with you, that boundary of saying, you know, I would really love to talk about this, but can we chat maybe in another 30 minutes? and give yourself the time that you've allotted. Having time management will also help you to get your tasks completed. So if you say, okay, I have 30 things to do today, (laughs) that's kind of a lot. Let's say you have five things you need to do today. Having boundaries with yourself in the workplace is essential and knowing that if you spend 50 minutes on this, you won't be able to spend the other 30 minutes on that. And knowing how long everything really takes. 
In our workplaces, sometimes we may underestimate how long a task may take, and then we get frustrated when we can't get everything done in the workday, and we end up leaving with work to do at home, or having to ask for help, or maybe getting reprimanded because we wasted our time. So really being serious about structuring your time throughout the day. And you can do that by having a planner where it has different like timestamps and you can actually write out what you're doing at every single hour and stick to it. Time management is also important in terms of taking time off. When you work a professional job or any job where you know you are working hard. You know, we would love to all have jobs where it's just an absolute joy and we're doing something we would do for free and it doesn't matter if we get paid, right? And essentially, I believe everyone should have a job like that, but in reality, we don't. And even if you do have a job that you absolutely love, you still need breaks. You still need time to be able to detach from having to produce and relax. So having good boundaries with time management also includes taking time out for yourself. Are you taking time for vacations? Are you taking mental health days when you've just had enough and you need a break? Those things are allotted to you for a reason. And it's important for you to have boundaries with yourself. And it's important for you, my love, to have boundaries with yourself and say, I've worked way too much this week. I need a break. Or I haven't taken a vacation in I don't know how long. I don't need to go to an island, but I do need to take some time to stay home and recharge. And that's okay. It's allotted to you and it's necessary. So having good time management also means managing the time that you take off for yourself. Having good time management boundaries at work also include texting and talking on the phone. If you're someone who maybe is a little bit more social, you may have your phone going off all day. You may have friends and family and whoever you're dating texting you or calling you. And in order for you to get your work done, you need to be able to tell that person, you know, I cannot talk right now. I have to get to work or I will get back to you after I get off. That's having good time management because that time that you're taking away, first of all, is stolen time. You're stealing time from yourself or your employer if you are spending lots of time texting people or on the phone without having work-related conversations or being online shopping and doing things like that. Now, every now and then, you know, this is normal, but when you're going above and beyond, when it's becoming part of your day to be on Amazon or to be shopping for wedding dresses or whatever it is you're doing for hours at a time, then yes, you are moving into stealing at that point. You're stealing your time and you're stealing money. So make sure to be aware of what you're doing so that it doesn't become a habit and a routine that ends up hurting you. Having good time management also sort of bleeds into some of the other areas I'm going to talk about today. All of these things really are interconnected with boundaries, but having good time management and being able to get off the clock when it's time to get off the clock and allowing yourself time to have lunches and breaks and being aware of how fast time is moving during the day is going to help you to be able to maintain your boundaries at work. Another important area of having boundaries at work are your social boundaries. And this one is actually probably even more important than your time because it ends up stealing your time. Your social boundaries relate to who you relate to at work, how you relate to them, and what makes you feel comfortable. 
When it comes to boundaries, it's not only about saying no to things, but it's also about saying yes. It's also about letting people in, being friendly, having new relationships. All of those things are so important. They're wonderful for being a valued employee. And it just enriches your life to have a good work environment where you are social. But those social relationships can also cause some serious issues if you do not have boundaries. So if you're someone who enjoys people, what are your boundaries at work? Are you comfortable giving people hugs at work? Is that appropriate for the job that you do? Are you someone who'd rather do a handshake? You know, these are physical boundaries that we want to be very mindful of because we're all different. And maybe normally, if you were at church or at a party or on the street, you would give a person a hug. But in the workplace, you do not want to hug them because of sexual harassment and things of that nature or just giving off the wrong impression, right? So making sure you know what you're comfortable with and being confident to enforce that. So if someone comes in for a hug and you don't feel comfortable, you can say handshake or high five or, you know, maybe give them a side hug, move your shoulder over so you don't feel that your boundaries have been violated. But with every single boundary, it's so important for you to voice it, for you to tell the person how you feel and be confident in doing that and knowing that that is your right to be able to be comfortable And having physical boundaries and limitations in the workplace is very appropriate. Okay, no one should be surprised by this. So even if they are, you have a right to be able to enforce what you feel comfortable doing. Another way you can enforce social boundaries is if you're having a lot of chit chat, a lot of conversations that are stealing your time at work, doing things like having headphones on. Okay, we have jobs where sometimes we just need to zone out. A lot of workplaces have gossip, a very big gossip culture where people are talking about people all day long. And sometimes you just don't want to pardon that. And really, if, if we're talking about just being a more productive and wonderful woman, gossip shouldn't even be part of your lifestyle. You should not even involve yourself in workplace gossip. And I know how hard this is. Sometimes you just get pulled into it. You don't want to have anything to do with it. You don't want the information, but it comes to you. Okay, and this is something you're just going to have to pray about and regulate every single day, just being on guard that you're not interested in gossiping or hearing about drama. But a way that you can zone out is by putting on your headphones and letting people know by looking at you that you're not available to talk. You're not available to talk about your weekend, about your boyfriend, about gossip, about anything that's not work related. And it's really as simple as saying, I really have to get this done. Taking out your AirPods or your headphones, just letting them know politely, I will get back to you as soon as I can. And being focused on your task. Social boundaries also include identifying your workspace. Sometimes we work in places where we're very close. You have people who maybe share a desk with you or share a room with you. And you need to be able to chit-chat and talk with them, but you also need to draw a line, a physical boundary of this is my little area. This is where I have my lamp, my photo, my candle, and this is where I just want to be. And this area is your area. 
But being able to have that physical location that is a boundary for you physically, but also a social boundary, letting them know this is where I'm going to sit. This is where you're going to sit. And I really need to be able to have a little bit of privacy where I am. Or your voice is a little bit loud where I'm trying to make phone calls and I'm not able to concentrate. This is very difficult when you share spaces. You have to have that sort of confidence and feel brave enough to tell them, this is actually now impacting my work and I need there to be a change. And speaking up for yourself. Now, sometimes we don't feel comfortable doing that. So we have to sort of let management know or let the higher ups know that we're having an issue. But ultimately, as a woman who's growing into herself and growing into her femininity, it's so necessary for you to be brave enough to have these conversations first, for you to be able to tell someone with compassion and with love that whatever they're doing is becoming an issue for you and you just want them to do something differently. It's all about the way that you say it. But being able to do that will help you grow and help you feel confident in knowing that your life is a compilation of all the things that you allow. And you do have the power to say no or to stop something that's bothering you. Social boundaries also include how you spend your breaks when you have lunch breaks or snack breaks or whatever breaks you have at your job. Are you one who wants to have conversations? Do you want people to come into your office or to meet you at your cubicle and chat? Do you want to have lunch with the same person every single day? You may have days where you don't want to have lunch with anyone, where you want to just be alone. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you want to read a book. Maybe you want to watch a video. Maybe you just want peace and quiet. That is okay, even if you have friends in the workplace. It's okay to tell them, today I'm going to have lunch by myself and feel confident in doing that. There was a time where I was having a very difficult time doing devotions at home and I told myself, okay, at work, I want to read my Bible and just chill out and eat. I don't want any interruptions. And at the time I was pregnant and eating is absolutely necessary for me when I'm pregnant. And eating is absolutely necessary when you're pregnant. Okay, I couldn't even skip my lunches like I normally do. But during that time, I would have constant interruptions. And I had to get to the point where I made a physical boundary of putting a sign on my door saying I'm unavailable or going to my car sometimes to be completely away and detached and having lunch there and reading my Bible there and getting that time in there. Okay, this was so important to me that I was willing to make the sacrifice of having to walk somewhere or drive somewhere. And you may have to do the same thing. If you're putting up a boundary and it's not being respected because maybe you have a job where there's just so much going on, people constantly need you, they don't respect the boundaries you've put up, you might have to remove yourself and create a little bit of distance. And that's appropriate, that is necessary, and it's okay. And speaking of people coming into my office and chit-chatting, this was one of the most difficult things for me, setting boundaries in the workplace. Okay, I have had struggles with boundaries in every area of my life, but I would say the workplace was one of the most difficult places to enforce it. And I struggled with the social part. Okay, I'm a very open and social person, and my career as a psychologist is one where people think that, you know, 
I'm always available to talk to. (laughs) It just comes with a job. And I had to get to a point where I had to start putting up physical boundaries and saying with my mouth, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. Or can you please come later on because I'm working on something? You know, you can sort of give people clues that you're not available by your behavior. Like if someone were to come into my office and want to chat about their weekend in Vegas, Sure, I want to hear about your weekend in Vegas. That sounds fun. But I also have a report that I have to get done that's due by four o'clock today. And I can't have this conversation. So me telling myself this is a no and also telling them it was necessary for me to get my work done. But I got to a point where I started not even wanting to hear about people's weekends. I didn't care about their trips to Vegas. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I just wanted to work. And so I had to put a sign up on my door saying I was unavailable and the sign wasn't being respected. People still would want to knock or come in. And so they would come in and I would be, uh-huh, 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 just sort of looking down and not making eye contact, showing complete disinterest. And they still didn't get it. They're still talking. They're still lounging and relaxing. And I'm sort of just heating up. I'm getting so angry because I'm like, why doesn't this person get it that I am busy? And so I had to just say it. You know, I would love to hear about this, but right now I have to get this done. And if they were to ask me, oh, it looks like you're busy. I would say, yes, I am busy. Instead of saying, oh, no, it's okay. What is it? Right? This is you not being nice. That word nice. This is not about being nice. This is not about being friendly. It's about being professional and putting your work first. Social relationships are great, but getting your work done is what you're being paid for. And what's going to ultimately get you whatever success you're trying to achieve in your workplace. When it comes to social boundaries, it's also necessary to identify what kind of relationships you want to have at work. People at work are your co-workers. However, sometimes they end up becoming your friends or your colleagues. And that's wonderful. But you get to decide whether or not you want your coworkers to be friends. How much do you want to share about your personal life at work? Do you want to go out with your coworkers after work and get a drink or get some food? That's up to you. And you should never feel that pressure to say yes if you're uncomfortable with that. And it's all about just having your own convictions and saying, oh, that sounds really fun, but I got to get home. If you have a family, if you have children, you don't want to be out every single day with your coworkers drinking and laughing and talking about work when you have children or a husband at home waiting to spend time with you. And we can get really caught up in the workplace because we spend so much time there, but those relationships are never as important as your relationship with your family. And they really should always come first, especially if you have children, okay, and they're waiting for you. Yes, it's great to vent and to decompress and get all of that work junk off before you get home, but that can be done in your car, that can be done in your office, that can be done at home as soon as you get there. It doesn't always have to be done out at a restaurant with people that you work with. So just being mindful and careful about those boundaries is important, especially knowing that what you share at work or what you do with coworkers can backfire. If you go out with them and you're drinking and you're being loose and something happens, that will and can impact you at work. 
or if you share something that is very personal and that ends up becoming office gossip. These things happen all the time because a lot of us let our guard down when it comes to our place of employment. So keeping those boundaries is really important. I know at my job, um, a lot of times people would want to follow me on social media or want my phone number. And I was not comfortable with that. I was not comfortable giving out my personal information or letting everyone have my phone number. And I would have to tell people, okay, I'm giving you my cell phone number, which is absolutely not necessary for this job. Please do not share it with anyone. This is a boundary I'm setting up and I have to let them know because some people don't mind their phone number being shared, but I personally do not want that in the workplace. And that's okay. It just needs to be voiced and it needs to be shared. All of these social things will impact how you end up being at work if you're comfortable there. If you feel like people are talking about you, if you feel like you don't have any sort of privacy, these are all things that you can help shape by your personal boundaries. One last area I want to chat quickly about in terms of boundaries in the workplace is your work boundaries, your workload. How much are you taking on as a person? In the workplace, being able to say no is going to be so important. And I know that you want to be a productive citizen. You want to be a great employee. You want to be someone that people look to and say, this person just takes on the task. And a lot of times you want to move up. You want to have a better status at work or a bigger paycheck. And so you take on more than you probably need to. But those are not the people who end up moving up. The people who end up moving up or who end up having a great reputation are those who are able to do their jobs well. And it's very difficult to do your job well if you take on too much. So learning when to say, I would love to do this, but I don't have the capacity right now for this. Can this be delegated to someone else for now? And knowing your job description. Sometimes if you're a very nice person, things will get put on you. If you're someone who is just a hard worker or is very ambitious, or maybe you're a little bit of a control freak at work, people will start adding to your workload. They'll see that you'll take on things. And so they'll give you things that are not part of your job assignment. And learning how to say, "Mm," learning how to even catch what they're doing is important. Having that spiritual discernment, having that intuition sort of turn on and realizing, I notice that this person keeps giving me things and compliments. Hmm, Michelle, you're so good at talking with the parents. Do you mind calling this parent for me? And it's like, hmm, that's a compliment. Yes, I am good at talking to people. I am good at talking to parents, but this is not my job. It's yours. Being able to say that's not part of my job assignment or being able to say it in your own words is necessary. And you may have to go back to the drawing board. You may have to speak to your supervisor or look at your handbook or you look at your job description and figure out what is part of your job description. What are you supposed to be doing? And if it's not part of your job description, then talking to your boss or your supervisor and letting them know that people are putting something on you that you don't believe is appropriate. How should you best handle that? Maybe they need to address it. Maybe they need to have a meeting and redistribute duties. These things will never come to light if you don't do something about it. I've seen so many people in the same job taking on way more than others, getting paid the same amount. And again, it doesn't affect how they even see you. It just puts a stress on certain people who do not know how to say no. 
In terms of workload, also having boundaries in terms of when you stop working. If you stop working at a certain time, then stop. You can take it home, but then that is your decision to overload yourself, to overwork yourself. It really becomes a time management issue at the workplace. And if you can't get it done there, then it's a conversation as to whether or not your assignment is appropriate. Do you have too much on your plate? Is this not a reasonable amount of work for the amount of time that you have? And putting up certain boundaries will help you with this. For example, I don't have my work email on my phone because I don't want to get a bunch of emails from work when you know I'm out with my family or on the weekends. I hear so many people telling me that they have so much anxiety on Sunday night because they're going through all of their work emails and there's things that are popping up that they're thinking about for Monday morning. I do not want that. I do not need to have that playing in the background while I'm having fun with my children or my husband, the meeting that I have tomorrow or this incident that's coming up tomorrow that I have to deal with. I want to look at it when I'm on the job. And you have a right to do that too. You can decide when you stop picking up the phone. If it's eight o'clock in the evening and someone has a question and they text you, you do not have to respond. And you can let them know the next day, I saw your text, but I stopped looking at my work emails at a certain time. Or I saw your text, but unfortunately, I don't talk about work after I leave. And that's your choice. Are people going to get upset? Maybe. Are people not going to like you? Maybe. But it doesn't really matter. First of all, you are employed. This is a job. They will replace you. Secondly, your boundaries dictate how much you get done and dictate the quality of your life. Your work life should not be bringing you any illnesses, which for a lot of people, their work is a cause of their illness. Whatever you're battling with, a lot of times came from the stress of work. It should never be that way. And these things come up by you not being able to speak your mind, to say no, to say it's too much, to say someone else needs to do this, and to be able to manage your time. Another important aspect of having boundaries in the workplace is asking for help, asking for assistance when you need it. As a feminine woman, asking for help is part of being feminine, knowing that you can't and shouldn't do everything yourself and taking pride in the process of things rather than work completion. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be getting your work done and you shouldn't be working hard and meeting goals and deadlines. What I'm saying is that you're putting care into every aspect of your work and you're not rushing to try to just be efficient. You're making sure that you're optimizing every aspect of your creativity and putting care into your work. And if it can't be done in that way, then asking for help so that it can. And it doesn't have to be done by you, but your work should never be lackluster. So if you're struggling to get things done, if you feel like you have too much of a workload, just asking for help. Sometimes bosses don't realize how much you have on your plate. And sometimes they do. But if you're one of those people who is too afraid to ask for help because you feel like it looks like you're not good at your job and you don't know what you're doing, then unfortunately, everything that's been put on you will be continued to be put on you, if that makes sense. If it gets done, why do you need help? That's the mentality of your boss. If I give you 50 things to do, and even though it takes you three times as long, you get them all done, then it looks like you're capable. So why should I be giving you help? But if for some reason you can't get it done, 
then it creates more of a need that something does need to change. So just letting them know that you need assistance to get things done in a way that looks good on the company or on the organization that you work for, they're going to appreciate that because at the end of the day, they want things to be legally compliant. They want things to be of good quality and they don't want to compromise that just so that you can meet a certain quota. So my dear, if you struggle with asking for help, then this is the time to start praying about it and working on it. Even if you can't ask for help in your personal life, being at work is a different ball game. When you're at work, you're getting paid to do something. And most of the time, companies will try to minimize how many employees they have and put a lot of work on you. And that's not your responsibility. They're responsible for hiring people to work in a way that makes sense. And they need to know when they're putting too much on their employees. And it's all about how you ask. It's not about doing it in an arrogant way or in an entitled way, but just being realistic and writing down how much time it's taking you to complete each task, showing data. Okay, asking for help is really great when you have some kind of data. So you can say, this week, everything I do, I'm just going to write down how long it takes to do it and add it up and let them know that it's taking much longer than the amount of time I'm being paid for. And let them see it on paper because that helps them if they have to go to their bosses or the higher ups of the company, they can show them something to prove that more assistance is needed. And also in terms of setting boundaries, it's important to have some sort of a calendar that people can access or something that you have where you can direct people to when they're starting to cross your boundaries. So if you're getting a lot of interruptions, a lot of phone calls or emails or questions, and you realize that it's taking up a lot of your day, you can send your calendar out to anyone who needs it, or just make it accessible for anyone to access it. And if they call you during that time, you can say, can you just take a look at my calendar and give me a call during one of my open times? That way they feel like they're have that way they feel like they have some sort of control in terms of being able to contact you. Because, you know, when people try to contact you when they feel rejected because you're too busy and that kind of thing, it can cause some friction. And I know it's the workplace and people shouldn't be taking things personally, but they do. And this gives them a way of kind of having something on hand that they can refer to. The same thing applies if a conversation is taking a lot longer than you expected it to. So if you get a phone call and the person's going on and on and on and on and you're sitting there and you're sweating and you're like, oh my goodness, this person's talking so much, I have to get this done. Instead of getting upset and just letting your blood pressure rise up, letting the person know, I'm sorry, this conversation is going to take a little bit more time than I have right now. Please take a look at my calendar and let's schedule a day to wrap this conversation up. Or just let them know, you know, this conversation is taking a little bit longer than I expected and I want to be able to give you my undivided and I want to be able to give you my undivided attention. So I'm going to give you a call back when I have a little bit more time. Because most people do feel a little bit bad when they know that you're busy and they feel like they're intruding. You know, they, they realize that, right? So instead of saying it in a way that could possibly make them feel, so instead of saying things in a way that could possibly make them feel bad for reaching out to you or possibly making it seem like you were unapproachable, saying it in a kind way and redirecting them. Again, it's all about the way that you say things. 
And one thing I would absolutely recommend is that you are consistent with your behavior. I know, sweetie, that when you struggle with boundaries, when you struggle with people pleasing or being too nice, each and every time is a win. It's hard to do it. And when you do it, it just takes so much energy and you feel so much that it's hard to be consistent. You might be able to do it once and then the next time you don't do it. Don't be hard on yourself, okay? It does take time. It does take time, but you have to try to be consistent. If you say that you are not available until 10 o'clock, then if people come at nine, say no, let them know you'll let them know you're free at 10. And don't let some people come in and other people not. Make sure you're consistent and make sure you do it every single day. They will start to pick up on the pattern and they will start to realize, okay, she's serious about this and they will respect that. And in addition to that, especially if you're someone who really is a super sweet, kind, loving, open and helpful person, do not offer unless you really can do it. In the workplace, a lot of times we get asked to do certain things or the boss may say, who would like to do this or who can do that or who can help with this? And in the moment, you might actually genuinely want to do it, but you may not have the time. You may not have the bandwidth. So ensure that you're not impulsively just saying yes. And when you work in a helping field, you may really want to do this because you genuinely want to give of your time and of your love. But again, this is a job and you are monitored on your productivity. So it causes stress if you agree to do a lot of different things. And then when the time comes, you feel overwhelmed and you can't get it done. Instead of allowing that to happen, just do not offer unless you are absolutely sure you have the time to do it. And do not offer unless you're absolutely sure that you wouldn't mind this being tacked onto your job description. Because sometimes when you do that, next thing you know, it ends up being mandatory for you in the future. So just keep those things in mind. Of course, of course, of course, be helpful, offer when you can, be a good volunteer. Those are all great traits of an employee but do not take things on impulsively out of emotion. Now, every now and then you're going to have boundary pushers, okay? People who just don't care that you set up certain boundaries and they keep violating them. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen to test you to see if you're really serious. And that's going to happen because people have their own agendas. And if they want something to get done off of their to-do list, their checklist, they could care less whether or not you really have time or not. They just want to get it off of their list. So if you have someone who's consistently violating your boundaries after you've reminded them, after you've sort of shut the door or you've had conversations with them over email, you know, I always say document everything if you can. I would then have a conversation, have a conversation with your supervisor or with your boss about any boundary violations. And in terms of having the conversation, write down all the different things that have been happening and then have the conversation with them and send an email, send some sort of paper trail that you have discussed these violations with them. This will allow them to know that you are serious, that this is something that they have to keep in mind in case something happens later on down the road and you bring it up that they have addressed this with you. They've given you strategies, they've talked to that person and they've helped you. 
I would love to say that every single situation requires you having multiple conversations with a person, but these are adults and everyone has a job to do. And unfortunately, not every person is approachable. Some people can be very aggressive and some people can just straight out have an attitude or have other sort of personal deficiencies in the workplace. And those things can really start to aggravate you. You don't want a situation where you lose your temper or you do something that could jeopardize your job. So if you feel like, you know what, I am afraid of this person or this person is so aggressive that I don't even feel comfortable sharing how I feel, you know, that that's not a healthy work environment in general. But in those cases, reach out to your supervisor as soon as you can and let them know. I, of course, want you to get to a place where you are brave enough and you do have the courage to address things. However, there are times where you may not be able to. Okay, just realistically, you just may not be there yet. But you can do something rather than doing nothing and allowing your boundaries to be stepped on. Now, I've had many boundary violations on the job. Many, 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 because I struggled. I struggled to learn appropriate boundaries. I was never taught them. I struggled with this just growing up in my household, in relationships. It's something I've had to strategically learn and pray about. And by the grace of God, I've been able to make progress. But it's definitely not easy because a lot of it really does clash with my personality and, you know, just upbringing. But I wanted to tell you a couple things that happened in the workplace that did need addressing. The first one was a physical boundary violation. In my office, I always have candy because I like having an environment that's very people friendly. I like people to come and relax and have a little candy and just chat. I do it for the children as well. You know, it's always great to have a piece of candy. (laughs) I don't necessarily eat it, so I don't really care how fast it goes. I'm always refilling it. It's just sort of part of my environment. So I had a situation where I was noticing every time I came in my office every day that my candy jar was getting significantly lower. Now, mind you, like I said, I don't pay a lot of attention to it because I'm not eating it, but I'm telling you, it was like half of the jar was gone every day when I would leave. And I thought, what in the world is going on from the time that I leave to the time that I come in in the morning? Well, what was happening was the custodian was eating my candy and he was eating it in large quantities. <laughs> so at first, I didn't want to say anything, right? I thought, oh, it's okay. You know, maybe he's hungry, right? But then it started to become ridiculous. More and more was going to the point where it was like he just took the whole jar and poured it into his bag. <laughs> and I knew I had to say something. Now, this is someone who I initially offered candy to, right? If I worked late and he came in, and he saw the candy, maybe he would ask if he could have one, or maybe I would offer one. So he did feel entitled to them in that way. And that does happen when you are someone who is very generous or just someone who is friendly. If you offer something to someone, most of the time they may feel entitled to it when you are not there. So just be careful about that. So because this was someone who I didn't normally see, I had to address it with his supervisor. And I felt a little petty at first, like, oh, it's just candy, right? But it wasn't the fact that it was candy. It's the fact that it was a physical violation of my boundaries. This person was not asking because I was not there. 
And they were taking way more than they would normally take if I was there. And I just felt like it was a violation of my generosity. So a supervisor did talk to him. And one day I was there late at night and he came in and he apologized and told me that he was just really hungry. And that's why he was eating all of my candy. And he bought me a few bags. Now, I didn't need his bags of candy. I just needed him to be respectful. Respectful of the fact that someone is purchasing this. And if he felt that he needed to eat that much, at least leaving a note or just having a little bit more self-control because this was a lack of self-control. It wasn't really a hunger issue. It was just honestly a violation. And so he ended up purchasing more candy and I told him thank you and he apologized and it was sincere. But this was something that I struggled to do. I, I felt bad, like, okay, he's hungry. Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. This poor guy is hungry. He just wants some food. I would have been more than happy to give him food, real food, right? But um, I felt like this was more of just an indulgence. So this was something I had to address. And when he approached me, I had to also address it with him and not say like, oh, it's okay. It's no big deal. Like I took the time to tell his boss it was a big deal. And that confrontation needed to be handled the same way where I allowed him to apologize, but kept firm that I did not appreciate it. The second issue was a boundary that was violated in more of a social way. And this was a, I would say, mental or emotional boundary that was crossed. There was someone at work that I considered a coworker, again, when it comes to work friends and that kind of thing. It's really important for you to realize that they are coworkers. If they become your friend outside of work, then fine, they're your friend. But outside of that, they are coworkers that you're amicable with. Now, this woman was a lot older than me, and she always had issues that she wanted to chat about, different issues with her, you know, personal relationships, her dating relationships. And I felt okay listening to them. And again, you know, part of my job as a psychologist includes listening. So I'm not shocked when people want to tell me their problems. Although <laughs> it's not part of the job description to be helping them with their problems, I'm, I'm just not surprised. And it is a little bit different when you work in a field of like mental health, whether you're a therapist, psychologist, and someone befriends you and then also wants to sort of have that therapist relationship. It's very confusing. So I felt that the relationship was very one-sided in the sense that I was being used to dump on and we would go to lunch and, and that kind of thing. And she's a nice person, but I just didn't feel right. Now, one day, it was a day where I was not working. I want to say it was during the summertime, maybe a vacation time. I was getting calls from her and she was frantic. And I was at the point where I was wanting to just dissolve that relationship completely. And this sort of confirmed it. She calls and she's like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Oh, my therapist is out of town. I need to talk to you. Can we can we meet up for lunch? My therapist is out of town. I need someone to talk to. And I thought, I am not your therapist. I am not your therapist. I do not get paid to be your therapist. This relationship is completely inappropriate. And I was not aware that you saw me as your therapist, right? And so it just confirmed to me that what I was feeling was accurate, that this wasn't really a friendship as 
I would want it to be in terms of a working friendship. It was really a therapist client situation and that was inappropriate. So I had to dissolve that relationship completely and just be more on guard about people who do that sort of thing. I haven't had it happen since, but I really am careful about people who I spend time with outside of work, who I meet at work. So those are just some examples. And this kind of thing happens in so many ways. I know some of you may have a work husband and things like that. Um, Of course, if you're married, if you're married, you should never have a work husband. And even if you're in a serious relationship, you know, um, it's just inappropriate. And I know that you spend so much time at work that people just get real comfortable. And sometimes you may have a little flirtation going on or just a little bit of, you know, a little something, something that you should not have. And you know you shouldn't have it when it doesn't feel right. When you know in your gut that it doesn't feel right. When you know if your partner saw a message from this person that it would be an issue. Or if they were just observing you with this person that it would be an issue. And you want to be respectful about that kind of thing because it's not just about whether or not you're going to get caught. God sees. God sees. And if you're having any issues in your marriage, if you're having issues trying to get married, God sees. He sees all of this and you don't get away with it. It's inappropriate to have these kinds of relationships. And unless you're someone who is truly single and available and that person's also single and available, it's inappropriate. But people do sometimes cross these lines and it does cause problems in the workplace. And you want to be very very careful about this. As tempting as it can be, it's never worth it for your reputation, for your mental health, for your comfort at work, going into work and just feeling free and not feeling like there's this person who likes you and you have to avoid them and all this kind of stuff. It's just all detrimental. It's just an unnecessary annoyance. So I just urge you to be careful about that. And my dear, in all things, in all things, when it comes to boundaries, prayer is absolutely important. Praying every day before you go to work, praying every day after you leave work for God to cover you, for him to help you, for him to give you courage and confidence. Every single thing that you ask for, he listens to. And the Lord wants you to be in a place where it serves you and you're growing. The Lord never wants you to be somewhere where you're being mistreated we are going through things that are inappropriate. And if that is happening, pray and ask for the strength and the courage to address it. And listen for God's answer. He may tell you, you know what? This is not where I want you. I never said you should work here. I think this is too much. He might tell you, you know, your time here is up and it's been up. And I've been trying to tell you it's time to move on. Or he might say, you know what? I know it's hard, honey, but I need you here a little longer because there's something I need you to do here. But I will be with you. I will strengthen you. I will go before you and I will help you and trust him. And in these cases, you trust him and know that God is for you and he will never leave you. He's always by your side, but you have to do the work and you have to grow as a person Because everything you're going through is preparing you for the next level of elevation, the next place that God is taking you. These things have to be addressed as a woman. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to be able to be assertive in the workplace. 
This is the one area where femininity, as great as it is, is appropriate in certain aspects. But that masculine energy, that assertiveness, that also has to be in full effect when you're in the workplace. With everything having to do with boundaries, practice, practice, practice. Talk to people that are close to you and practice what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Write emails out and have people who you trust, not just anyone, but people who you trust to be level-minded, (laughs) level-headed. Have them read over it and okay it before you send it. Make sure that you are managing your emotions and pray before you say or do anything when you're upset. And... Practice in the mirror, okay? Write things down and decide how you're going to say something. Decide when you're going to say something. Don't allow your emotions to overtake you and have conversations when you weren't ready for them. You can do it. You can do it. And you have to do it in order to grow. I thank each and every one of you ladies so much for being here today. Thank you for listening and being a part of my podcast family. I hope that you're able to follow me on my YouTube channel. I have these videos there and it's great for you to connect with other women who are going through similar things or having similar struggles or who've mastered some of these skills to read through the comments, leave me a comment and let me know what you're dealing with or how you've changed or grown and just connect. You can find me on YouTube at Dr. Michelle Daff and follow me on Instagram at a feminine impression and my personal Instagram page at Dr. Michelle Daff. You can always leave testimonials. You can send me messages and let me know how this is all going for you. And of course, please support me by purchasing my fragrance from my fragrance line, fineforever.com. I hope that you enjoy your beautiful feminine fragrance and I appreciate all of your support. In the next podcast, we'll be talking about boundaries with your family, specifically with your parents as an adult. So make sure to stay tuned and have a beautiful week. Remember, in all things you do, make a feminine impression. This is your host, Dr. Michelle Daff. Bye-bye.